Hello, this is part two of chapter 10, Nations and Empires. We are leaving off with in section five, Imperialism and the Origins of Anti-Colonial Nationalism. So in 1890, conquests in Africa, China, and India rocked the globe. Britain tried to conquer Burma. Britain and Russia competed over control of Afghanistan and Central Asia. New land conquered in the Americas was absorbed into nations, and land conquered in Asia and Africa by Europe and the Americas was treated as colonial territory. The inhabitants here had no economic or political power, and Britain's control over India served as an example for other European colonialists. European and North American colonizers claimed that colonies could obtain wealth through their engagement with the local, uh, with sorry, with the global economy. Colonies exported the most high-demand goods. Afri- Africa exported cacao beans, tea, diamonds, gold, copper, and coffee beans. The Dutch East India Company exported rubber. Uh, India and Egypt exported cotton, especially in the 1920s. The Middle East exported oil. Uh, clothing, processed foods, engines, and ships were imported by colonies. Peasants, farmers, and workers that were producing these major exports to big powers were underpaid. Political protests against political authorities occurred in Asia. Violent revolts occurred in Africa against colonialism. And in 1920, nonviolent anti-colonial organizations formed to try to regain their territory. The, there was the Indian Rebellion of 1857. Uh, Britain was able to retain control over its colonies and strengthen its power. In 1858, Britain replaced the East India Company with a traditional monarch, Raj, uh, which was the British ruler after the Indian Rebellion of 1857. Um, British, the British began funding public works projects to modernize transportation and communication in India, the built railroads. In 1853, there was the first railway constructed in India. And by 1910, 30,627 miles of railroad was laid out in India. And dams and telegraph lines were constructed. India exported cotton, tea, and wheat to Britain. There were the biggest plantations were in Sri Lanka, and Indian tea competed with the Chinese green tea. India imported British textiles and other manufactured goods, and India began developing its national identity as an Indian people under the Raj. In 1880, European colonists only controlled Algeria um, under France and South Africa under Great Britain. In 1910, Europe established seven colonial states in Africa. Between 1884 and 1885, European, American, and Ottoman rulers met in Berlin to discuss the territorial divisions of Africa. Only 30% of the new African states corresponded to uh, the indigenous groups of culture, history, language, and race. The Europeans were not familiar with African demographics, and new borders were based on money rather than on the people they were involved. So in Europe, um, borders were determined by uh, shared history, culture, um, and uh, language. But in Africa, they kind of just disregarded that. They were being hypocritical and just did it to suit uh, their commercial and political needs. 
so European businessmen focused on profiting from Egypt and South Africa. The ordinary population hoped to find new sources of wealth in Central Africa, which was yet to be explored. Uh, there was David Livingstone, who was a Scottish doctor and missionary that went. Henry Morton Stanley was an explorer and publicist. And the Belgian king Leopold II all went into and funded exploration in Central Africa. Cecil Rhodes conquered Rhodesia's Nias land. Uh, Transvaal and the Orange Free State for the British in Africa. Christian missionaries rushed to Uganda, Nigeria, Central Africa, and Western Africa to seek new converts. And Let Dior resisted the French colonists in Senegal. He refused to let a railroad be built on his land as he wanted to stay traditional. But in 1866, Dior was killed by the French army. And the Europeans had superior superior military technology, so they were able to overpower um, these African local leaders. Uh, Menelik II exploited weaponry from the French, British, Russian, and Italian governments by turning his enemies against each other. In 1896, Ethiopia resisted European colonization under Menelik II, um, who won the Battle of Ottawa. So Ethiopia was able to kind of use this um, trade uh, among the Euro- the competition for trade among the European powers to his advantage and maintain control of his land. The European powers' eagerness to colonize Africa fell, and responsibilities landed on the explorers and settlers they brought with them, and the Africans revolted. So. The European powers were really, really uh, energized to go and conquer Africa, but after that, they kind of uh, just forgot about their territories and colonies there and left the power to all the people that went with them. Uh, news reached Europe that the small empires that were established in their names were failing, and the tour uh, these European authorities took away those king's powers and became more involved in their colonies. Rubber and ivory were the original exports of Africa, but as those sources declined, new products were exported. The Congo provided cacao, um, coffee, and palm oil. Uh, East Africa provided tea, coffee, and supplies for the production of twine. And Egypt and the Anglo-Egyptian Sudan provided cotton. African workers suffered a social and economic decline as Europe pulled their nations into the global spectrum, and Europeans had a weak control over their American African colonies, so the Africans had some autonomy, but their cultures were being stamped on by the Europeans and their foreign ideals. In 1890, the Americans wanted to Christianize the rest of the world, whereas the Europeans sought to export goods and raw materials to the Americas. The United States went to war with Spain and seized the Philippines, Puerto Rico, and Cuba. Puerto Rico became completely controlled by the United States. And the Americans lied to the Filipinos by convincing them to ally ally with them against Spain in exchange for independence. Uh, And then, so the Americans kind of exploited 
the Filipinos' uh, desire to be their own independent nation, but uh, found out they were being lied to, and America just really wanted uh, their land as well. Uh, 5,000 Americans and 200,000 Filipinos died as a result of this, and the Philippines was colonized by the United States. The United States also invaded, invaded the Caribbean and Mesoamerican states in hopes of colonizing them. Asian, the Asian and American worlds criticized Europe. Europeans and Americans competed with each other over scientific and artistic achievements. The Europeans believed they were the superior civilization. There was Orientalism, which was the portrayal of the non-West to be inferior and improper, and Oriental, Orientalism uh, gained popularity. Darwinism sparked distinctions between superior and inferior races. Europe may not be the nicest to the other world powers, but it is uh, setting the white people up to establish a new culture. And the non-white people were as evolved as the white Europeans. In 1888, photographic film and the East Eastman Kodak camera uh, were invented. Postcards and advertisements became popular. Foreign goods were labeled with names to show their origins. And this was kind of prop propaganda to endorse colonies and uh, imperialism. And people in Britain believed that a greater British population meant that British power would increase and there'd be more influence. In 1905, Parliament released a statement about increasing the size of their population in their colonies. Uh, section 6 is pressures of expansion in Japan, Russia, and China. So, in 1860, Japan wanted to modernize itself. In the 17th century, the Tokugawa shogunate strictly limited foreign trade and influence. In 1853, Commodore Matthew Perry dropped his anchor in Edo Bay. He set the example for American, Russian, Dutch, and British influences later in Japan. Foreigners forced the shogunate to open its ports and minimize control, um, sorry, and maximized control um, over uh, the ports. And the samurai warrior class welcomed these foreign practices. So not all of Japan was um, uh, against this uh influx of foreign influences. In 1868, uh, Emperor Mutsuhito yes, took the throne from the Tokugawa shogunate and uh, sought to restore Japan's traditional way of life. This was known as the Meiji Restoration, and uh, it was a new national identity and economic advancement that was made under the Meiji Emperor, and he forced everyone to follow the same cultural practices and speak the same language, and he reunified Japan. So first, the Europeans were able to uh, gain a foothold in Japanese um, commercial uh, you know, activity, and then there was the Meiji Restoration that reunified Japan under um, its traditions. In 1871, the Japanese government banned the feudal system, and peasants gained small portions of land. And there was a new yen currency that was developed. Postal and taxation systems were established, the civil service was created, and in 1889, the 
the emperor proposed a constitution with a parliamentary sect of government. And this was known as the Imperial Diet, where 450,000 Japanese people served in parliament. Large companies and family-run corporations were created in exchange for loyalty to the government. Men worked as bankers, traders, and managers of factories, and women worked to establish alliances with other firms uh, through marriage. The Meiji Emperor sought to conquer the Ryukyu-us kingdom. In 1879, only an army of 160 soldiers was used to conquer the region, and they created the Okinawa Prefecture. The Ryukyu-us people were seen as inferior to the Japanese and were not absorbed into the nation, and did not let local leaders retain their positions of power. Japan recognized Korea's independence, established trade and established trade relations with as well as political influence over the region. So Japan was able to spread its political and commercial influence over Korea. Between 1894 and 1895, the Chinese lost the um, Sino-Japanese War and Japan added Taiwan to its growing state. In 1910, Korea fell under complete Japanese rule, but Japan discriminated against the foreign peoples it conquered and uh, kept them as outsiders. So then in Russia, uh, Russia clashed with neighboring countries over borderlines. Germany developed, Britain dominated the Middle East, Japan gained power, and China centralized its power and became stronger. In 1860 was the Great Reforms. Uh, which was a series of reforms led by Tsar Alexander II in an effort to modernize Russia. In 1861, peasants became serfs. Sentences of military service uh, decrease. A public school system was established across Russia. And in 1890, there was a construction of roads and factories, as well as the growth of steel and coal industries. And so there was this industrialization and modernization in Russia, and the lower classes owned minimal amounts of land and faced low, lower working, worse working conditions. So there was industrialization, there was um, new uh, opportunities for wealth, but the lower classes um, uh, basically continued to suffer. In 1881, Tsar Alexander II was assassinated during a bombing due to extreme social unrest, and by 1890, Marxism became popular after a series of famines. Russia continued to expand across the Caucasus Mountains to stop Ottoman and Persian invaders. They took Turkestan, um, Iran, and Afghanistan from the British. New provinces didn't completely integrate into the Russian Empire. They were very ethnically and culturally diverse, and they sought, uh, they fought the Chinese over the Amur River Basin for two decades and finally won. In 1860, Vladivostok became an important port on the Pacific coast, and, it's, and Russia sold its Alaskan territory to the American colonies to focus on its Asian expansion. Between 1890 and 1916, the Trans-Siberian Railroad connected the eastern and western halves of Russia. So Russia um, faced some pressure 
from its neighbors that were expanding um, and you know gaining a lot of power so it modernized industrialized and further connected its own region and consolidated its power the united states killed off native populations as it expanded and russia taxed its local populations it oppressed the poles and jews it favored the germans and finnish people uh the russians continued to clash with persia the ottoman empire uh britain and japan as it continued to expand china felt threatened by european military technology and in 1860 initiated the self-strengthening movement and the government wanted to bring in western technology but maintain the chinese cultural identity schools were set up to learn foreign traditions and languages and shipyards and coal mines were built in 1854 uh yung wing became the first chinese student to graduate from an american university and that university being yale in 1870, Yong Wing wanted Chinese boys to study in America. The Qing government was disappointed that the Chinese boys in Connecticut were encompassed by Western practices and uh, gladly uh, embraced them. In 1881, the United States turned away Chinese students from the military um, due to uh, racism, and conservative bureaucrats criticized the Western ideologies as um they saw the americans um discriminate against the chinese migrants in 1877 the first railroad in china was destroyed uh so at first we have china opening up its doors to uh foreign ideas especially in military technology as it saw how um extensive the european um technology was in the opium wars so it wanted to you know better its own military so it opened its doors to these foreign influences and started sending its students uh, abroad to america to study there but kind of closed off again after they saw the americans discriminated against the chinese students and um yeah in 1890, newspapers circulated 10,000 people around the country. In 1882, the Shenbao used a telegraph line to send news across China. So China became more interconnected with telegraphs and newspapers. So it was utilizing Western technology. So after China lost the Sino-Japanese War, uh, it became more involved in Korea and the Qing government was in need of drastic reforms. Between June to September of, 1990, of, of 1898, there was a 100 days reform uh, where King Yu Wei and Liang Chikao uh, were inspired by the Japanese and Russian governments to build postal services, railways, and more schools. So this new reform was also based on Western practices and embracing them. And Empress uh, Dowager Sigzi uh, destroyed the reformist efforts and executed all but King Yahweh of the reform leadership. So it failed. And the self-strengthening movement failed because it was not fully integrated into Chinese society. And the civil service exam continued. So this traditional 
um, Chinese identity uh, uh, was able to be retained by the Qing government, and the government continued to follow Chinese traditional ruling. And that concludes uh, chapter 10. Thank you.